Welcome to The Power Within Her. On this podcast, we're all about seeking self-empowerment to live a life that makes us excited. My name's Megan. I'm a nerdy and super enthusiastic writer and professor with a PhD in English. Together, we'll get intentional by embracing the power of critical thinking and personal growth to achieve those dreams on our hearts. Let's break free of societal expectations, create new stories that serve us, and have some fun with the process of growing into the type of women who embrace the incredible power and potential within ourselves. Are you excited? Let's do this. What is up, my friend? I am so glad that you're here for today's episode because we are chatting all about the Olympics. So full disclosure... (laughs) If you can't already tell, I am ridiculously obsessed with the Olympics. I always have. Ever since I was a little kid, it was just a really extra special time because I grew up without TV. Like, we didn't have any cable or any way of watching the Olympics or anything like that. So whenever the Olympics was on, we would pile into my mom's then minivan. It was a champagne-colored minivan. We'd get into it, and we'd head over to my grandma's house or to a neighbor's house to watch the Olympics. And of course, you know, the Olympics goes on for several hours um, a day, like in the evening, right? So we couldn't go over every single night for like two weeks, right? So we would always have to pick and choose which events we wanted to see. So for example, if it was the Summer Olympics, we'd always go over for like swimming and track and gymnastics. But if it was the Winter Olympic, we'd always go over for like figure skating and skiing and stuff like that. So It was always a fun time, and I just immensely enjoyed it. But it was never about just seeing these amazing athletes compete and chase these medals. It was also about how they conducted themselves in the face of adversity, how they navigated pressure, and how they celebrated their immense hard work. So what I'm saying is that the Olympics are just epic because there are so many life lessons with each one of these athletes because they have a background and a story and a goal and just, they're just incredible. And there's so many different life lessons that you can pick up through watching the Olympics. So out of the many, many amazing stories and things I've seen and the world has seen over the past two weeks, I have narrowed it down to four specific cases that I want to talk about here with you today. So let's dive in. The first athlete I want to chat about is Ahmed Hafnawi, and he is a middle distance swimmer, competitive swimmer from Tunisia, and he swam in the Olympics, the Tokyo Olympics. He swam the men's 400 meter freestyle, and if you watched, you know that he was in lane eight, which means that he was the slowest swimmer in the race. So doesn't matter what level of swimming you're at, if it's club swimming, if it's the Olympics, world championships, NCAA championships, like whatever it is, whoever's in lane eight is the slowest. They have the slowest time. So basically, Ahmed got the final lane, the very last spot in the 400 meter freestyle finals. And really, if you are looking at that race on paper, You as the viewer, like your quote-unquote money, should be going on lane three, four, or five because, again, no matter if it's club swimming or the Olympics, lanes three, four, and five are the three fastest people in that race. Typically, the thought process behind it is that the person in lane four is the person who's going to win the race, right? And so if Ahmed is all the way out in lane eight, I'm sure that a lot of people thought that there's no way that he could earn a medal of any color in that race because he's seated the slowest. 
But of course, if you watched, or even if you didn't watch, like spoiler alert, he swam the race of his life. And through doing so, he got first place, he earned a gold medal, and at the end of the race, it's just incredible because he just celebrates his face off. He's screaming, he's slapping the water, he hops onto the lane line, And it's just incredible to watch. And here's the juicy life lesson. What he has shown the world is that if you have a lane, you have a chance. Just because you don't look good on paper or the situation seems to be stacked against you, never, ever count yourself out. Because if you are given the opportunity, all you have to do is just do your best and to never think that you're not good enough. And really, when we think about it, so many of us count ourselves out. I know I have, and I'm sure you have at some point too, but here's the thing. What could happen if we didn't do that? What could happen if we just did the best we could and we didn't let the lane number or the stat or the percentage that you could actually win or succeed dictate the outcome? I'm going to answer that question. You could be the gold medalist like Ahmed Hafnawi. That's what could freaking happen. So the next time that you start to count yourself out, just stop. Stop that thought before it leaves the station. And I want you to remember Ahmed Hafnawi and to remember that if you have a lane, you have a chance to do something great, no matter what your goal is. So that's athlete number one. Let's move on to athlete number two, who is Jade Carey. And Jade Carey is an American gymnast, and she competed in some individual events. And I think, don't quote me on this, but I think she also competed in part of the team competition as well. But I do know 100% that she did compete in some individual events in the gymnastics competition. And she competed on the floor exercise and on the vault. And when it came to the vault, she was like ready and she was rearing to go. And then when it came to actually doing the vault for scoring, she had a few steps that were a little bit off. So I'm not a gymnast, so I sincerely apologize if I've got all the lingo off, but I'm going based off of what I saw as a viewer and then what I know based on the gymnastics analyst. So basically, to my understanding, she ran at the vault, but there was something off with her steps. And when a couple of your steps are off going up to the springy thing and then to the actual vault, It puts the entire thing out of whack and out of motion. So what Jade ended up doing is something, she did did a vault that was way below the difficulty level that she was capable of. And in the landing, she took a giant step back. It just was not her best performance because something was off. And you could just see it in her face. She was devastated. And as a former athlete, I can... 100% relate to her. My heart just like went out to her in that moment where it's like, oh, you're so prepared. You're so ready. And just something happened. It happens to the best of us, right? So she had a performance that just was not up to her typical standards. And she had every right to feel sad and to feel angry and just to give up because she could have easily let that performance then start to affect the other performance she would have a couple of days later on the floor, right? She had every right to just shut down, but she didn't. She bounced back from that subpar vault routine and kicks a major ass on the floor routine, so much so that she won a gold medal. She's the gold medalist, the Olympic champion on the floor exercise, when just a few days before, she had quote-unquote failed at the vault. 
And here's the lesson. You can have a bad moment with whatever it is that you're doing, with your book, with your business, with your podcast. You can have a bad moment, but you ultimately have to get ready for the next one. In other words, you have that power within you to not let that one bad or that one underperforming performance dictate your entire story. We have to bracket that and we have to flush it and try again on the next one. And then we have the opportunity and the possibility to knock it out of the park. So the next time that you quote unquote fail at something, I want you to think about Jade Carey. I want you to think about her amazing resilience and how she bounced back, how she clawed her way back to get a gold medal. So don't let the failure dictate the entire story. It's one performance. It's one bad review. It's one bad book. It's one weirdly edited podcast episode, right? It doesn't dictate the entire story. It doesn't dictate your worthiness. It doesn't mean that you yourself are a failure. So thank you, Jade Carey, for teaching us, for showing us by example that it is possible to flush a quote-unquote bad performance and to get ready to the next one and to crush it. And that brings me to athlete number three, Allison Felix. She's an American track athlete who just became the most decorated track athlete in America. At the Tokyo Olympics, she's 35 years old. She had, you know, a one-year-old daughter and everyone was telling her that she was too old to compete, that having a child meant she couldn't run fast, that she couldn't get her body back into shape, and that essentially she was just all washed up like a has-been. And with so many haters telling her that she couldn't do it, she got herself back into shape. She enjoyed the hell out of being a mom as she went. She qualified for the Olympics and she ended up winning two medals in Tokyo. She got a bronze in the open 400, which is one lap around the track. And then she got a gold and a relay. So it's four women. Each of them does one lap around the track. And here's the lesson. Allison Felix shows herself and the world that she could do this even when nobody thought that she could. She showed us as ambitious women that we are never too old to chase a dream and that as moms that we can teach our kids that society is going to have those crappy stupid narratives that attempt to disempower us all the time but that those narratives don't mean anything. It's about what you do and about what you want to achieve not what society thinks you can or can't do or what society wants you to achieve. So the next time that you think you're too old or someone says that you can't do something, think about Allison Felix. Think about how she proved that age is just a number and that you can do it if you set your mind to it. And last but not least, athlete number four, Simone Biles. And I know that I referenced her in another recent podcast episode, but I just feel like I have to bring her up again because she is just absolutely incredible. And not just for her gymnastics accomplishments, but especially for the way that she chose herself and she chose her mental and physical health over the expectations of the world. Because seriously, if you are an Olympic nerd like me, you know that the chatter leading up to the Tokyo Olympics was all about how great she is, about how she could win five plus gold medals or whatever it was, and how there's just no one like her in the world and et cetera, et cetera. Like it was a lot. And I cannot even fathom what it is like to experience those kinds of expectations and pressure. And with the eyes of the world on her, she just dropped those expectations on the ground, kicked them away and chose herself. She said, no, I matter more than what you expect of me. 
And I think that is so, so freaking powerful that she took a step back, she focused on what she needed, and she took it. And I think the lesson from Simone is that you are your best advocate. If something is off, say something. If you don't feel like it because something is out of alignment or you're not in the mood or you just don't want to, say something. Use your voice because it is immensely, immensely powerful. So the next time that you feel the pressure to sacrifice your mental health for the sake of others, or you feel like the expectations of the world or your parents or a friend or someone is just too much, take that step back and choose yourself. Breathe and do what you need to do to be okay. Because that matters so much more than expectations or gold medals or anything else. So... Those are all of the juicy lessons I have taken away from the Olympics. Obviously, there are so many more stories out there, but those are the ones that have really, really resonated with me. So real quick here to recap. Number one, if you have a lane, you have a chance. Don't count yourself out, even if that deck of cards is stacked against you. Number two, if you fail at something, it doesn't have to dictate the entire story. You can flush that bad performance and get ready for the next one. Number three, you are never, ever too old to chase a dream. People are going to tell you that they can't. People are going to hate on you, but you are the only one who knows what's in your heart and what you can do. And number four, you are your best advocate. Use your voice. I hope that you enjoyed the Olympics. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And I just love thinking about these world-class athletes and how they are always navigating adversity and the ways that they respond to it just teaches us so much as viewers. And honestly, I would not have been able to tap into all these amazing lessons that I learned during the Olympics if it wasn't for journaling. And you know, if you listen to the podcast, that I think journaling is this really fantastic tool that can help empower us to get us where we want to go with our life, with our goals, with our dreams, like literally whatever it is. So that said, I actually want to loop you in on this really cool free opportunity. On August 23rd at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I am hosting a journaling webinar, and I'm so freaking excited for it because on this call, I'm going to be diving into one of the concrete journaling methods that I use that has been really, really helpful for me in my personal development on this journey that I'm on to become the best, most empowered version of myself possible. And I know that this journaling method is going to help you out too, so During the call, I'm going to tell you all about that journaling method, but I'm also going to throw in some really juicy journal prompts, and I'm even going to have an activity if you want to participate in that that's going to help you just really tap into the amazing power and potential of journaling. So... If that sounds good to you, I would love to see you at this webinar. And all you have to do to attend it or to see the replay if you are not able to be on the call on August 23rd at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, you just have to hop onto my email list. So I'm going to be sending the link directly to you via email. So to hop onto that email list and to witness all the awesomeness that will happen in the webinar, all you have to do is DM me on Instagram. So at Marie, so dr.meggymarie, and that's on Instagram. Slide into my DMs, give me your email address, and I will add you to the list. And it's just going to be such a fun and empowering way to connect, so I hope to see you there. And just one more time, just in case you're driving and you're like, ah, I 
I can't remember what was the date and time of it again, don't worry, I've got you. It's August 23rd, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. So I hope to see you there. And if not, that's totally okay. I will chat with you here again soon. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could either share it on social media and tag me so that I can personally thank you for listening in. Or you could leave a review of the podcast to increase searchability of the power within her so that more women can listen in and grow with us. Either way, I am so grateful that you're here with me spreading the important message about critical thinking and self-empowerment.